0: Chilly the Malty Poo, named Carlo Puppy of the Year, article by Elizabeth Lee. Chili O'Neill, an adorable dog from Bagnallstown, is now officially the cutest dog in County Carlo. Chilly is a six month old puppy who scooped the Carlo Puppy of the Year competition run by Pet Mania. She romped home with the title after winning Dog Lovers' Hearts in an online poll. Chilly means the sun, moon and the stars and everything in between, said her owner Mary O'Neill. Chilly completes our family by being her cheeky, sleepy self. Chilly was a birthday present to Mary from husband Michael on her birthday and has been with the O'Neill family since July. She's Mary's pride and joy, who says that Chilly is absolutely lovely. The pretty pooch scooped a range of prizes in the Pet Mania competition, including a doggy bed food and some canine treats. Marco Manderel, manager with Petmania in Carlo, said We are delighted to have Chile represent the store and county this year. Although they missed out on the overall title, we couldn't be more proud to have them as our county finalist. Congratulations. Go ahead given for extension at the Prez. Article by Suzanne Pender A substantial extension to Presentation College, Carlo, has been approved and will now proceed to tender stage. Deputy Jennifer Murnane O'Connor welcomed the announcement, which will see the construction of three additional classrooms, a large science lab and a universal access bathroom. I am delighted to announce that a substantial extension to Presentation College has been pushed through to the tender phase of the project, she said. This project will involve the construction of three new classrooms, a large science lab and a universal access bathroom. I'd like to thank the Department of Education for this update and I will be keeping in contact with them to ensure the project continues as a matter of priority. The Carlo deputy added, It is so important that our school children have the very best facilities and access to the best education we can provide for them. This extension project will offer both of these things to students of Presentation College, Carlo Godfrey's Gospel according to Michael Godfrey Lawmakers are often the biggest lawbreakers. I must admit I was disappointed, but not surprised, by details emerging at the weekend that people charged with enforcing COVID compliance were often subjected to aggressive and bullying behaviour by some TDs. You know what they say, lawmakers are often the biggest lawbreakers. It would appear that the information contained in documents emanating from the government is that some of our elected members believe, or at least believed, that they were above the law. While the rest of us were being told to wear masks and observe social distancing rules, these people believed rightly or wrongly that those rules did not apply to them. It seems that they learned nothing from Golfgate. Remember that fiasco at the start of the pandemic when the rules on dining were broken which led to one government minister resigning from cabinet and a case pending against the organisers also Eroctus members. But the fact that nothing was learned from that debacle doesn't surprise me. As I've stated in the past, it appears that common sense goes out the door as soon as people are elected to the Eroctus. In fact, I will go a step further. Based on the contents of this latest flood of complaints becoming known, it would appear that a sense of entitlement also comes with election to the doll. Our civil service sometimes gets a bad rap. It is often compared with the famous BBC series Yes Minister, showing how the organisation can say a lot but do very little. But in this instance, it would appear that much maligned organisation is actually trying to protect the very ones who acted in an aggressive manner towards the COVID-19 compliance staff. Even though repeated requests were made to identify those responsible for acting in such a manner, the names of the Arachthus members have been redacted from the released documents. I wonder why. It's not as though those same members would stand shoulder to shoulder, so to speak, with the civil service if the shoe was on the other foot. I can hear them now. Questions need to be answered. People need to be held responsible. Good taxpayers' money is being wasted, and other meaningless guff. We've heard all that before when it comes to criticising those in government, but as we all know, very little has ever happened and certainly no one has ever been held to account. Unfortunately, the same will happen here. Included in those complaints was a reference to how Eroctus members are behaving now, which seems to sound like they are being forgiven for past transgressions. Maybe the sudden improvement is only because those same offenders fear the spotlight might suddenly be on them and not on someone else. Despite the best efforts of most people, this virus is not going to go quietly into the night. On Saturday, 3,903 cases of COVID-19 were confirmed and 444 with the virus were in hospital, of whom 74 were in ICU. The figure for Sunday was almost 3,500 confirmed cases, with 478 hospitalizations and 75 receiving intensive care. The USA has now reopened its borders to international air travel, which like the reopening of nightclubs, will put more pressure on the system. And we all know that despite repeated requests from government, there has been a general relaxation of social distancing, basic hygiene and the wearing of masks. Those old reliable methods proved they worked last year. There was hardly a case of flu in the country. But as expected, people have tired of observing those simple rules. We've all been out and about and have seen people choosing to conveniently forget to put on their masks or, worse still, wear it as a chin strap and only put it in place when asked to do so. And although I've been doubly vaccinated, I don't want to get COVID-19. I was in one treatment facility last week where no less than 2 out of 10 people in the room were being treated for long COVID. I don't fully know what that means, but I don't like the sound of it and don't want to get it. Let's all go that little bit longer wearing the masks and observing the protocols to ensure we don't get long COVID as an unwanted Christmas present. Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Got a phobia? Then say a little prayer. Many situations in this pandemic world present themselves as almost impossible, coping with stress, keeping going under pressure, addressing tough health issues coping with death, our own and others, and facing our fears. I had to go in for dental procedure recently, which I have a bit of a phobia about, and found myself driven to prayer to get through. The content of a phobia might seem almost simplistic to the outsider, but to the affected person it can take over. Fear of crowds, fear of heights, fear of flying, fear of water, are just some of the phobias we have. This is where real prayer comes in, not just a pious thought or a superficial plea, but a real struggle with the demons we face daily. One thing is to become aware of the issue and name it accurately, whether it is anxiety, fear or repulsion. The next step is to turn it into a prayer, praying with the problem and bringing God's grace directly to bear on it. The combination of admitting vulnerability and humbly asking for help seem to work. It's not an easy process, however. It demands humility and courage to face into the storm and believe that God is there, guiding and supporting. It can be helpful to ask yourself, what God wants for you? Often we know what we want for ourselves, an easy life, trouble-free existence and the absence of pain. But reframing the issue in terms of what God wants is liberating. It takes a higher perspective and enables us to rise above the merely human it often allows us to escape from our own demons and find a way through apparently impossible situations it can really help to create a mantra or phrase that you repeat to yourself often taken from scriptures or a spiritual writer for example be still and know that i am god psalms chapter 46 verse 10 is very consoling and helpful when you are in the emotional storm also i know the plans i have for you hands for your welfare and not for woe, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, or God's power is made perfect in weakness, Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. One crucial rule of thumb is to try to act against the negativity, fear, or narrow thinking. That is, regardless of how we feel in terms of fear, anxiety, and dread, we still have the choice to act differently. Practice of this can lessen the fears or phobias the next time we find them on our minds. This is genuinely liberating and enables God to work in our lives, waiting to be invited in and allowing us to act in creative and life-giving ways. Praying through a phobia. Name clearly the issue facing you. Remind yourself that nothing is impossible for God. Make an act of faith, such as, I believe, Lord, Help my unbelief. Acknowledge how you are feeling, the dread or anxiety, for example, and remind yourself you have a choice about how to respond. Feelings are not reality, no matter how overwhelming. Try to think about what God wants for you. What would be liberating and life-giving? Try to see, with God's help, what might be possible. Turn the problem into a prayer and demand what you need whether it be courage, calm, resolve, or peace of mind. Repeat your mantra or phrase, act courageously, in line with what God wants. Hope by Emily Dickinson Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul, and sings the tune without the words, and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard, and sore must be the storm, that could abash the little bird, that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity, it asked a crumb of me.